get called and have to pay a $500 fine. Um, all right, uh, that's about all I have this time. So we welcome you to live streaming from Landmark Baptist Church, Lyons, Georgia. Uh, uh, turn, our text tonight is taken from Hebrews 4, if you would stand. Uh, and I'll, I'll read our text and, and then uh, we'll pray again and, uh, and we'll be able to sit down. Uh, Hebrews 4, I'm only going to read two verses, verses 7 and 8. I want you to listen to these as I read them because this gets complicated. It really does. And you're going to see tonight what I mean by that. It says, and he limited. Now, that word limited means that God controlled it. Uh, and, and he limited a certain day. As saying in David, today, uh, after so long a time, as it is said, today... If you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts. For if Jesus, and I'm telling you something here, well, later on, if Jesus had given them rest, then would he not afterward have spoken of another day? Most gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you again for this time we have together. Lord, we thank you for those that have come out tonight. We pray for... All those that are sick, Lord, and uh, we know there's a lot of sickness today, a lot of anxiety, a lot of things going on in this world today. And, Lord, uh, 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 a lot of things. There's, there's folks that, uh, that want to go back to work, and, Lord, I pray that uh, you'll fix it to where they can. And, and, and there's those that want to... Uh, 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 do things that they're necessary to do, but they can't do it. Lord, I just pray that you'll help us, uh, strengthen us, help us to realize, as as the song said tonight, if if we're if we're going to be without sorrow, if we're going to be without sadness, and if we're going to be without tears and pain and all this, then trust and obey. That's what the song says: trust and obey. And, and Lord, that's what, that, that's the key to everything is trust and obey. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you. you may be seated. Uh, the title of my message tonight is, is a familiar title because I've used it before earlier in this study. And I'm, I'm going to use it again because it's pertinent, very pertinent for this message tonight. Harden not your hearts. That's the title of my message tonight, Harden Not Your Hearts. Uh, I want to say this before I get started on this message, that uh, God will harden hearts because he hardened Pharaoh's heart, that Pharaoh would not let the children of Israel go. Nine times, nine times, he hardened Pharaoh's heart and would not let the children of Israel go. But the tenth time, he opened up Pharaoh's heart by the chastisement that he brought up on the whole nation, and and uh, and Pharaoh let let him go. Well, the thing we got to realize here is that God permits us. There, there is a, permits us. And I, this is not an Armenian statement by no means. But God permits us to do things that uh, 
will get us in trouble. After he tells us not to do them and then we do them, it'll get us in trouble. You know, if God says harden not your hearts and then you do, when a truth is preached to you, when something is, is, is told to you that, that is good for you as far as the scriptures is concerned, and then you harden your heart against it, then you're doing that yourself. And that, that is a sin. And that's a, that's a deadly sin. Uh, and because we know here that all of those that hardened their hearts, that was in the provocation, that was, that was the wandering in the wilderness, all those that hardened their hearts in that day was in unbelief. And they died. Now, some people say, well, did they all, did they go to hell? I don't know. But I do know the Lord warns about hardening your heart in unbelief. And just because you don't want to trust something, because you don't want to believe something, because it, 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 it brings some kind of a, a chore up on your life or something. As I've heard people say, well, if I do that, then I can't do this. You know, if, if I, if I go to church, uh, every time the door is open, when can I go to the beach? When can I go to the mountains? When can I go here? When can I go there? You know, if, if, if the Lord expects me to be in God's house every time the door is open, he does. Forsake not to assemble yourselves together, but matter some is, so much more as you see the day approaching. You know, and when we see the day approaching now, but, um, and then he follows it up with chastisement for, for, for disobeying what God would have us do. You know, the Bible's a hard book. It's hard on it's it's hard on people and uh, uh, you know and I, I I this was said uh, to me the other day you know that uh, these preachers will bring somebody forward and tell them all their troubles are over with that's not true that's not true I mean just because they walked a church aisle and took the preacher by the hand and said they were saved all your troubles aren't over because you're going to have trials testings tribulation and everything during your whole life and it's going to happen they're going to be there and so uh but uh they're going to be more prevalent if you harden your heart against some of the things that god's teaching especially what he's teaching here what we're going to be teaching tonight now last week we spoke about the seventh day rest how god rested how God rested and our rest in the Lord is a picture uh, of that rest. That's a, that is a picture of the rest that God had, our rest today. Our rest in the Lord is not after we die, but though it is after we die, but it's not after we die. Our rest in the Lord is, is just like the song said, trust and obey. You'll have great rest in the Lord if you just trust and if you just obey. That's rest. Lord gives us rest. He gives us rest because Jesus died for us and he gave himself there on Calvary's tree that we can be free and we can be free from, uh, from uh, uh, anxiety. We can be free from all these things because we can be free from worry. We can be free from all these things and we can rest in our souls and, and we can be free, free in our minds that, that we won't uh, find ourselves living a life of guilt just because we refuse to do what the Lord would have us do. Now, I'm just preaching the word to you 
tonight, and that's all I'm going to do because it's going to get tough. It really is before this is over. Now, this week, we're going to speak about a certain day and time God ordained for us to be called and saved by his amazing grace. Now, he says up there, again, he limited, that word limited, again, that word limited is same word for he controlled it. In other words, he he, he controlled the time of it, and such and such as this. He, he controlled the time it came, and he controlled, he controlled the time that it was still around. So, and he limited a certain day, saying in David, today, after so long a time, as it is said, today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts. So we, we know that he, he speaks of a certain day here in a certain time. And that's what we're going to talk about tonight. Now we know, we know that there is a time for everything under the heavens. A time, there, and, and turn, turn with me to Ecclesiastes if you would. I, I, I want to go over and read that. Turn with me to Ecclesiastes. Because um, uh, I want us to see something here. And uh, this is all true. The, Solomon was known to be one of the greatest preachers that ever lived. He really was. He was one of the great. He, he's called the preacher. As a matter of fact, that's his nickname, the preacher with a capital P. And, he, and he's called the preacher. And here's what Solomon says about this limit, limiting of uh, God's time in limiting and what he does. He says, To everything there is a season, uh, chapter 3 in Ecclesiastes, and verse 1, To everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. There's nothing happens under the heaven, now get this, that God hadn't set a time for it. Nothing. Nothing happens to you, nothing happens to me that God hadn't set a time for it. Now understand this because you're going to see what he said here. There's a time to be born. You know, uh, we've got two girls, two ladies in the church here that are expecting babies. And those babies aren't going to come until the time. They're not going to come until the time. He said there's a time to be born and a time to die. You know, none of us are going to die until that time that God has set for us to do it. I believe that. I believe those things. You know, there's not many people anymore believe those things. That's the reason we're, that's the reason we're in a state of unbelief in this nation as far as religion is concerned. Because if you go and, and tell people this, they're going to tell you you're crazy. They're going to tell you that you're crazy. A time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant. And a time to pluck up that which is planted. You know, uh, if you if you're in Kentucky in February, you don't want to put any potatoes in the ground. You know, that's not time. And 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 if you're in Georgia, and and you don't put your potatoes in the ground until June, you're hurting. Now, there's a time. There's a time for everything, and and a time. A time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance. Now, that's not talking about party dancing. That's talking about dancing uh, 
as far as uh, uh, glorifying the Lord. There's a time when, when, when we, when we can, when we can. Oh, brother Clyde Hancock, you know, he he used to stand up and he'd do this. You know, that was his dancing. Whenever somebody'd make a good point, uh, that's not talking about party dancing now. A time to cast away stones, a time to gather stones to together, a time to embrace. And a time to refrain from embracing, a time to get and a time to lose, a time to keep and a time to cast away, a time to rend and a time to sow, a time to keep silent and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time of war and a time of peace. All those times, all those things are times that God has said, in our lives, all those time, all those things, God has said in our lives. You know, uh, we we cry over certain things, we laugh over certain things, but God has set a time for that. You know, uh, problem is you got people here today who will laugh at at bad things, and and really abhor good things, and uh, and but it's just. The way God has set this system up, God has set a time for everything in our in our lives. He has set a time for everything in our lives. God is sovereign, and He does everything in His own time. God is from everlasting to everlasting. He's from everlasting to everlasting, and He uses time for this. Is all we understand about God. You cannot, and, and I, the next statement I got here is, try, try, trying to understand eternity is like trying to understand the Trinity. You know, trying to understand eternity, you, you, you rack your brain. You, you, you ruin your brain. Trying to figure out, when did God stop and choose me? God's always chosen you. There's never been a time that God didn't choose you if you're saved. There's never, there's never been a time that, that you weren't chosen to salvation. You know, you know, all this took place before you were ever born. God, God knew when your time to be born was coming, but God also knew that somewhere out there in eternity, you have always been one of His chosen children if you're saved today. Now think about that for just a moment. You know, it, it's hard for me. I, I tell you, sometimes, <clears throat> sometimes I get half sick in my stomach trying to trying to figure these things out. And I learned a long time ago that if you just leave those things alone and let God take care of them, you'll be a lot happier person, much happier person, if you'll just do it. You know, uh, rack, rack your measly brain and try to understand God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit is one. I want to tell you, there's religions out there today that are racking their brains, destroying themselves, trying to figure out what does the Bible mean when the Bible says God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit are three personalities, but yet they're one. Try to figure that out. You can't. You can't figure it out. Uh, I, I, told a, I told a Jehovah's false witness one time. You know, he, he said, uh, he said, in other words, he said, what, 
What you're saying is that you got God the Father that sits on the throne. This is how he said it. He said, you got God the Father who sits on the throne. He said, you got Jesus the Son who sits in his lap. And then you got the Holy Spirit who sits in his lap. I said, no, it's not what the Bible teaches. I said, first of all, the Bible teaches that God is a spirit. And secondly, the Holy Spirit is a spirit. The only man of this group is Jesus, the only one, and he was incarnate. He, he, was, he is God incarnate. It was God who came to the earth incarnate in, in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we must remember that. And, it's, and he goes on to say, and again, he limited a certain day. A certain day was God's day of rest when he entered into the seventh day of creation. This certain day he's referring to here. He says, and again, as I said, you know, you've got to, you got to study this. Uh, he says, and again, let me get back over to the book of Hebrews. I turned away from it. Um, <clears throat> I thought I had it more. I do, I do. Anyway, um, he says, uh, and again, he limited a certain day. One day, a certain day. God controlled a certain day, and that was his day of rest. Now, that day didn't go, didn't necessarily go for 24 hours because there was no such thing as far as God was concerned. That, that day didn't go no 12 hours. As far as God's concerned, there was no 12 hours. All God is is eternal. Everything about God is eternal. Everything he does has been eternal. You, you were chosen in Christ in eternity. It's eternal. That will never change. That will never change, never, ever change. I, I don't care what you do, you can't change it. God's got, God's got, uh, he's got his own time of chastisement. He's got his own time of bringing you, putting you back in line where you should be. Believe me, he'll do it. He'll do it, you know. It won't be something that you can blame on Satan. God will do it. God will put you back in line if you get out of line. He'll put you back. Sometimes it's not very good. Sometimes it's no fun to be put back. But he'll put you back. He'll put you back in. To the Israelites... The day of rest was called, and their day of rest was called the land of Cana. Now, what's our day of rest called? What would our day of rest be called? Their, their day of rest was the land of Cana. What, what would our day, day of rest be called? Would it not be called salvation? Our day of rest would be salvation. When God shows to us the salvation that he has for us, and he calls us and we're saved, then uh, uh, that, that is our rest. It's salvation. Salvation is our rest. They called it the, the land of Cana. However, there were those unbelieving Jews who did not enter into the land of Cana because they were unbelievers. They didn't do it because they were unbelievers. You know, we, we, we have a lot today who are unbelievers. Uh, one of the fellows was back there in my study and he was looking at some of my, he wasn't looking at my books, he was just looking at them on the shelf and 
and he, and I told him, I said, I've got another wall full of them at, at home. And uh, he said, uh, what are you going to do with those? What's your wife going to do with those when you die? He said, why don't you just go on the street and start getting away? I said, I'm not going to do that because those books won't do anybody. The, the average person won't do him any good. Not at all. I said, those books, those books only do good to the one that I believe God has given them to as such. Unbelief, unbelievers, just as today there are those who are not in the eternal rest because of unbelief. You know, they can't find rest. They can't find peace. They, they, they go around every day being concerned and worried about salvation and worried about, and I'm not talking about worrying about some of the cares of this world because the Apostle Paul said one, one of the things he said was the cares of the world or the cares of the churches. You know, those things those things really got to him sometimes because of the cares of the churches. But I'm not talking about that type of care. I'm talking about worrying about your soul. You know, worrying about your soul. It's a good thing you think about your soul. It's a, it's a wonderful thing you think about your soul because you, you, you've got to realize, you've got to realize that someday... When you leave this world, you're going out into eternity. I don't know what it's going to be like. I, I rack my brain again trying to figure out what it's going to be like. I rack my brain. I've read, I've read that many, many times where, where the Mount of Transfiguration. And I've tried to visualize in my mind what did those apostles see up there that Jesus told them, said, don't you tell anyone what you saw. And I just, I just, I just don't know. And I'm going to have to wait till that time comes before I see it, and before I know what it is. <clears throat> you know, they can never find rest for their souls and peace in their hearts. All those who were saved and are saved, <laughs> I'm sorry, have an appointed, appointed time to enter into the rest of the Lord. None of us were saved by accident. You weren't saved by accident. Amen. You know, I, I, I hate it, but Charles Spurgeon, that's one thing he said. And he, Charles Spurgeon was known to get a little mind problems. He'd have to take off sometimes three months a year and go down to the bungalow on the ocean and stay there by himself to get his mind back in shape. But Charles Spurgeon said that he said that he was accidentally walking in front of a church when he was a boy, and he went in that church, and that's where he was saved. He wasn't accidentally walking in that church. I, I know he used the word, and some people have a problem with that. I don't have a problem with it because I think he just used the wrong word in, in what he said. And you don't know if that's what he said or not because there have been so many copies of his his sermons that have been redone 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 that you don't know that that's what he said anyway but but at any rate uh, this is uh, we're not saved by accident none stumble upon the lord by accident you don't just stumble upon the lord like you do a hundred dollar bill you know you, you didn't stumble upon the lord by accident um 
There was a day appointed by God to bring you to Christ and to bring Christ to you. Now, there you go. There was a day appointed that to bring you to Christ and to bring Christ to you. That shows you how God has control of it. You're not going to meet Christ till Christ meets you. You're not going to love God until he loves you. And such and such is this. God sets a time when, when that meeting is to take place. March of 27, 1967 was the time that I, that I went to the Lord and the Lord came to me. March 27, 1967. I'll never forget that day. <clears throat> when, the day when the day comes, we are instructed not to harden our hearts, for it will do no good, for that will be your day. Now, let me, let me say that again. Let me try to explain what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that if God is showing you to do something, you don't do it, you miss your day. Now, will that day come again? Sometimes, sometimes it won't. I'm serious. Now, we're going, I'm going to show you what I mean by this. He says, For it will be no good for that will be your day because of unbelief you missed it. You'll say, well, uh, was that God? Well, you missed it. Would you have missed it if it had been of God? No, you wouldn't have missed it if it had been of God. I mean, what, what about those people that will tell you, I was called many, many years ago, but finally I've decided, I've decided to come. No such thing. Brother Joe Wilson, if you all remember, he preached on that right from this pulpit many, many years ago. He preached on there's no such thing as God waiting to save you. When God, when God's the day, the time God has to save you is going to save you at that time. He's not going to, he's not going to put you on a, on a merry-go or, or a, a trolley and, and wait till a later day to save you. He's not going to do that. Now, he's not going to do that because it, I'm going to show you what he's talking about here. <clears throat> Who knows? It is like one who says God called him or her several years ago, but they didn't move at that time. But many years later, they say they're ready to move on a former day of calling. Not so. It's not so. The great apostle uses David as an example. He says the apostle is referring to Psalms 95. Turn over there with me if you would. I want to read it. Psalms 95. Psalms 95 and uh, verses 10 and 11. He says, Forty years long was I grieved with this generation and said it is a people that do err in their heart, and they have not known my ways, unto whom I swear in my wrath that they should not enter into my rest. 
You better be sure of your calling. Make your calling and election sure is what the Bible says. You better be sure of your calling because maybe in a time when you thought you were being called but you really wasn't. And you, you think because you can walk a church aisle later on and take the preacher by the hand and say you're saved now, it's not going to happen. It was 2,500 years from God's rest at the end of, of creation to David's time. And David said, Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your heart. It was 2,500 years after God rested that David's time came. That's what, that's what Paul's talking about here. God's timetable is sure. God had a time for the Israelites to wander, and God had a time for them to stop. They complained. Oh, yeah, they complained just like we complain. They complained when they were walking around there. Why? You brought us out here to starve to death. At least in Egypt we had onions and leeks. I don't know what anybody liked about that. But they said, at least in at least in Egypt, we had you bring us out here, and we don't have anything. We don't have anything to eat. So God sent a manna. They got so much of it that it was like snow waiting in it. Then they started complaining about too much, too much of it. And then they complained about nothing, no meat. God sent them meat. They complained about that because the quail was hitting them in the head. We complain. We do. We complain. We're complainers. What we are, we're, we're born complainers. It doesn't make any difference how good something is. We're going to find something to complain about. Makes no difference. We're going to find something to get upset about. We're going to find something to get upset about. Oh, I think so-and-so thinks this about me. You don't know what so-and-so thinks about you. Why do you think that so-and-so thinks this about you? You don't know what so-and-so thinks about you. Now, here's, here's another interesting statement. Back again, back over in the, the book of Hebrews. He says, for if Jesus, now there's something here that's a little, when you look at the Hebrew of this, you pronounced Jesus in the Hebrew as Hasia. Hasia. That's pronounced Jesus in the Hebrew. But what else is pronounced? You know this, Joseph? What else is pronounced Hashia in the Hebrew? Joshua. Joshua and Jesus was the same people. Could be the same people. And the translators here used the, used the word Jesus. And, and I'll show you why. Let me get back over here. I, I did turn away from it this time. I took my pen out and I put it. Okay, here we are. Uh, 
He says, for if Jesus had given them rest, who? He's certainly not talking about Jesus back in the Old Testament. He has to be talking about Joshua here. He has to be talking about Joshua because, as I said, in the Hebrew, has, let me get it again, Hosea means Joshua and also can be pronounced Jesus. It's funny about these, these names. And if Joshua had given them, that is, the wandering Jews, rest, then would he rest, then would he have not have spoken of another day? What other day is he speaking about? What other day would he would, would Joshua speak about? If Joshua prophesied, what other day would Joshua speak about? Our day. The day when Jesus would come and die and, and he would save his people and they would go into their rest. There's multitudes, a multitude that no man can number that wander on this earth today. A multitude of saved people that wander on this earth today. We wander, we complain just like they did. In that day, they complain, we complain. It's like they did in that day. And all, all that multitude that wanders on the earth today, there's a multitude that wanders on the earth that is saved, then there's a multitude that wanders on the earth that's not saved. And those that wander on the earth that's not saved, they're not saved because of unbelief. We're saved because we believed. And we wander on the earth, but we're just like them. They wandered for 40 years. You know how long I've been wandering on this earth? A little longer than 40 years. And they wandered. Do you know how much complaining I've done? Don't ask Rhonda. She'll tell you. I can tell you how much complaining she's done. We did the same thing. And he says, if Joshua had given them, that is, those wandering Jews rest, then would he have not spoken of another day? What would he have spoken to them? What would Joshua, Joshua preach to them? It is called the gospel. It is the gospel in the Old Testament. Jesus is, is, is the father of the gospel. And it was a gospel in the Old Testament because last week we saw he said he, he taught it to, to them and to us the same thing. It's the gospel. Now you'll say they, they didn't preach Jesus. No, but what they did, every action, listen to this now, every action, every movement they did pointed toward the Lord Jesus Christ dying for them. Everything they did, every every uh, uh, ceremony, every every offering they ever offered, everything they did pointed to the Lord Jesus Christ coming and dying for them. So they made a gospel out of that, of which today you can speak it plain to people, and they still won't believe it. 
And that day, those people took that and made a gospel out of it. That's what the Bible means when the Bible says it was preached to them and also preached to us the same way. God's day of rest is a great and wonderful doctrine from the Word of God. All we need to know about this is when God calls, don't harden your hearts to his calling. There is an unscriptural song with lyrics such as this, Wait a little longer, please, Jesus. No. Jesus is not going to wait a little longer. If, if, if this is your day to be saved, he's going to save you today. It's not wait a little longer. Wait till next Sunday. I've heard these preachers say, well, just if you don't want to come today, wait till next week. That's, that's just unscriptural. The Bible teaches no such thing. God has, and we, we talked about this last week. This is just a, 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 a continuation of last week's message. We said last week that, if you remember, that God has many different ways of calling people. Sometimes he calls them through the word right here. Sometimes he calls them through a servant that's preaching the word of God. Sometimes it comes by still small voice that they hear. I don't care what it is. Sometimes it comes by still small voice. And sometimes it'll even come in trial and tribulation. We'll realize what was it when, when they told Jesus if he would do this. Satan told Jesus, if you'll do this, then he says, I'll do this for you. Jesus said, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of God's mouth. Every word. I'll just paraphrase it. Every word. We talked about the word. We live by the word. By what the word comes, when the word comes to us, then we live by that word. Now we can, you, you can walk out here today and don't believe none of this, or you can walk out here today believing this. You don't have to believe this. You know, I don't, I wouldn't want to walk out here and be an unbeliever, as a lot of people do. If you do, if you wait a little longer, please Jesus, as they sing, if you do, you'll be numbered with the unbelievers. May God bless you today is my prayer.